Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us. We want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I am your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this episode are Terry, who can be found at Cushman MLB, and Nick at Face the Facts 15. Are you guys ready for a Hot Takes Tuesday? Flaming hot. Flaming ready. Flaming ready. Nice. Love it. Nice. All right, Nick, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your first hot take? So my hot take comes from a gentleman by the name of John Thomas and his hot take that he has. Otani will be a Red Sox next year. Bank it. So do you agree with that, Nick, or not? I don't. I love him here. But I just can't see evidence-wise that shows me that they're going to spend the big bucks and bring this guy here. He's a he's just such a freak talent, and I just don't see John Henry opening up that checkbook to be five hundred, six hundred million dollars. I think bare minimum to bring Otani here to Boston. Would love to see it happen. I think Yoshida has something to do with trying to get him here, and one of the reasons why they. Uh, wanted to sign that player, but I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. So you got to look at two factors here. One of them, you just said, will the Red Sox spend 500 million? That's what the projection is. Some of them are 550 million. So that's over a half billion. If you want to frame it that way, half a billion with a B getting paid to a human being who's good at baseball. I don't see the Red Sox doing that. And you'd have to convince Shohei Otani to want to play here in the frigid Arctic city of Boston. I just, those are two different planets in the solar system. And I don't think you can align those planets to get Shohei Otani in Boston. One of the factors he even gave for picking the Anaheim Angels was they had no Japanese players on their team. He wanted to go to a team where he was going to be the only Japanese player. Well, we got a guy named Yoshida who doesn't quite have the pop Otani has, but uh, puts together some hits uh, about as well as Otani. Can't pitch, uh, obviously. But yeah, so I would just put it extremely slim. And Otani's one pitching performance here. It was raining. It was miserable. We saw him getting special treatment from the grounds crew. It's almost like he was like royalty. You know, it was almost like the Pope had come to Boston and they were, you know, making it all nicey nice. I just don't see it happening. So I disagree with the hot take uh, from Mr. Thomas. Unfortunately, it's going to be two in a row and I don't see it happening either because the Boston Red Sox are just not considered to be a destination city a destination place to play baseball i i hear what you're saying where maybe you get yoshida in here to try to sway shohei otani but this is a team that is run by an owner that is putting more money into liverpool fc so unless shohei otani knows how to play international football 
I just don't think Shohei Otani is going to become a member of the Boston Red Sox. Me personally, I would not bet on it. So that being said, we are going to take a quick little break and we will be back with you shortly. We have an awesome limited time promo for new DraftKings users for all of you folks living in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets. Win or lose, all you have to do is use our code BASTARDS at sign up to redeem. Using our code BASTARDS is a great way to support the pod. So if you don't yet have a DraftKings account, do us a solid and sign up with the code BASTARDS and place that first bet. New customers only. 21 plus and physically present in Massachusetts or Connecticut. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-327-5050. Valid. One offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit and $5 wager required. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. So, with one hot take in, Terry, why don't you crack off the second? Mine comes from what we would call an Anon anonymous Twitter account. Uh, his is titled Tristan Casas Season, and I don't think he's going to like my response to this. His is interesting, though, because it's got multiple layers, and we'll get into them. What he says for his hot take is Duvall and Story coming back isn't going to help the offense. Now, your average fan would like explode right now and throw a hissy fit and be like, of, of course, of course, they're going to help the team. I mean, they're they're two studs, you know, Trevor Story, high ceiling. We got a quick little cup of coffee with Duvall here, saw what his impact could do. But here's what makes it interesting. Where do you put Duvall? Are you taking the bat out of Yoshida's hands? Are you going to take it out of Verdugo's hands? Are you going to take it out of... Brain fart here. Jaron Duran's hands. Yes. Are you going to take the bat out of Jaron Duran's hands? Even if he gives you 80% of what he's giving you. I don't know how you take the bats out of those guys' hands to put... Adam Duvall in the outfield. Now, an injury could happen, and then there you go. That's how you get Duvall into the outfield. But it's it's not as easy as it sounds right now to get him into the outfield. Um, one thing you could do is you could make him your DH, but Mr. Tristan Casas' season isn't going to be happy with that because now you got to put Justin Turner at first base, and his beloved Tristan Casas probably ends up in Worcester to get Adam Duvall's bat in the lineup. And I think that would be the most likely scenario of them all, because if you want to keep Duvall healthy, making him a DH, you know, is uh, probably a smart thing to do. So not, not as easy as it sounds with Duvall anyway. Now, if Costas goes off, what if he does? Like, I'm not closing the book on Tristan Costas. I'm pessimistic, and I, I definitely think he needs to go to Worcester for you know at least a few weeks to get right but who's to say he doesn't come back up and start tearing it up that could complicate the Duvall situation and uh, as for Trevor's story there's no question when he's ready he is going into the lineup I mean he's your he's your number one middle infielder I mean is Kike better than Trevor story I don't think so I mean he is Mondesi going to keep the job over Trevor story 
at 22 million a year. Charlie's boy Mondesi, nope, not not even close. So Trevor Story is going into the lineup, but didn't exactly light it up last year. I don't have his stats up in front of me. He probably hit 230 something, 240 something, was extremely uh streaky uh throughout the season last year. Had a wonky start cuz he he uh, got sick. I want to say he had a injury of some sort. I can't remember what happened uh, in the first half, but wonky start for him. And um, but so I, what makes it interesting, though, I'm rambling, is what if he's just not that hot? Because he, he's going to be coming in without a spring training. You know, he's not going to be ramped up like everybody was on opening day. He'll have some rehab starts and all that, but it's going to be pretty abbreviated. So I just don't know that Trevor Story is going to come into the lineup and make an immediate impact. So it's an interesting hot take uh, from Tristan Costa's season on Twitter. We could go a million different ways with it, but Nick, what are your thoughts? I think he wanted to get a charge out of us with that tweet. (laughs) No doubt about it. But kind of ex- exactly how you explained, you're going to have a problem with a story coming back and Duvall coming back if these guys are producing. And right now, the surprise of all of this is Jaron Duran, because Jared Duran really took Adam Duvall's spot out in that center field and everything. If he keeps going the way he is, you can't take him out of the lineup. You're not going to take Verdugo out. He's hot as a pistol. So then it comes down to you, Yoshida's, your Turners, and your Casas. I still think Casas is going down to Worcester, and he very well could be there for maybe the majority of the rest of the season. If you end up getting some of these guys back, to me, you got to at least give this a shot to see if some of these guys are going to prove that they can hit and they can produce. So I think Story would go back as – in my eyes, second base, I think you're pushing it right now if you want to count on him at shortstop, especially with this surgery and everything. So I'm looking at story if there's a return this season back to second base. And for Duval, I think you basically flip a coin between Yoshida and him if they're rotating somewhere out in the outfield. The question's going to be, is Yoshida a better outfielder or is Duval? And I think we need to see a little bit more of that to make that decision. And then I have Justin Turner at first base. So that's how I look at that take and say, I'm going to disagree. That's how I would play it out. So Trevor story outside of Colorado is not that great. Like I, 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 I like Trevor story, but I mean, he had his worst statistical year last year. He's going to be coming back from an injury. We don't know what it's going to be when he comes back. If he does come back, it's going to be him and Mondesi. You're going to see other players get bounced out. I don't think Jaron Duran's going to be able to keep the heat, but let's just say he does. Tristan Castles is gone. He's out. You're not going to take Turner out of the lineup. You're, he's he's going to get on base. I think Jaron Duran is experiencing a nice little dose of good luck, a, a stroke of luck here, and that's fine. It's great. I'm happy he's experiencing it. He's been cracking a lot of doubles, and that's awesome. If for whatever reason he's not able to do it, the job will go back to Adam Duvall. Jaron Duran will lose his position to Jaron uh, to Adam Duvall. That, that's that's going to happen. Why? The guy was hitting 455 and cracked four home runs, 14, 14 or 15 RBIs. Like he was just doing everything he possibly could, and he was maximizing every opportunity he got. He was doing everything he could with every chance he had. 
And I just don't think that's something that you can take for granted. I think the Red Sox want to continue riding that hot hand for as long as they can with Jan Duran. I just don't think it's going to be as long as we hope. But if there is someone that's going to go out, it is going to be Cassis. And that's that's just it. Anything else you two wanted to add before I throw mine in there? Moving right along. Awesome. I want to make this one really short and sweet. Uh, this is coming from Red Sox champ. Christian Arroyo will hit 300 at year end. Um, no, it's, it's just, it's not going to happen. Uh, Christian Arroyo probably won't even find himself with the Red Sox in July. I, I, I just, I, I don't see him having a spot if everybody is here. He's either, I don't even know how many options he has. If he has any options left, I'm unsure. He'll, he'll get packaged with something to probably bring in a reliever if he can, if he can stay hot, but he's never hit higher than, if I'm not mistaken, was it? 286 in his career uh if i'm looking at that correctly and that was last year and before that his highest after that was 264 and that was 53 at bats so no he's not hitting 300 and you're praying that he can hit 250 that's my mindset on that it's as hot as he's gonna get uh nick why don't you go ahead before we wrap it with terry you're on mute again Again, I'm going to have to agree on the take as well from it. Um, same stance. Really, nothing more to add, truthfully, from from it too. So I'm just going to I'm going to agree. Here's how it could happen, but the outcome isn't pleasant. Uh, let me just throw that out there. If he goes on a Jaron Duran type tear for three weeks, that'll get him over 300. And then if he breaks his wrist and is out for the rest of the season, that's how he stays there. That's literally it. You know, you're not going to get 110 games. I think that would be about the most of his career out of Arroyo and have him hitting 300. He's just not that type of a hitter. He's a career, I think, 255 guy, 260 guy, somewhere in that neighborhood. You know, if he gives you 280, and is a is a viable utility guy, that's a huge win. That's an absolutely huge win to have a guy like Arroyo on your team. But he's already been kind of dinged up. He's had a cut, not like a, an actual hamstring strain, like not even a grade one. But he's he's been dinged up in the lower body, and um, I just don't see him having enough games to to get those kind of numbers. I really don't. What's his game? I think it's 86 games he's played. That's this high. Okay. And I I just don't think that he's ever going to play as a starter. He's always going to be that bench guy. He's always going to be injury prone. And that's, that's the player that you got. I think he's likable. He's a great clubhouse guy, but you're asking him to do too much. Absolutely. Right on. I mean, nice and easy. Cool. Uh, Nick, go ahead and hit us with your next hot take. Yeah, this one was a funny one because this one goes back to a little bit of my disdain for a particular Boston sports media member on the Boston Globe. For Alan on the back, dot 40, likable team. Worst thing about them is Pete Abe. Shit takes. <laughs> I, I got a good laugh out of that. Um, I just, it, it, it's it's funny. I definitely agree with it, but I I think there's some other things that we can hate on, particularly Ryan Brazier. So I'm going to go with the Ryan Brazier front on that one. Um, 
I think that's the most uh, hateable person that you can say on this team right now. So Pete Abe is a gerbil. He's an <laughs> odd guy. I mean, he's got the bastards account blocked. And uh, what happened, how we got blocked by Pete Abe on that account was he was thanking a female, I think a female journalist for helping cover like a spring training series. And so he had a, he put out a tweet that said, thanks to so-and-so for all of her help this series. It was good catching up with her again. And I just very snidely, very sarcastically responded below. And I said, it takes a big man to admit he needs help. Blocked right away. Blocked by Pete Ave. So that's all it took. Pete couldn't take a joke. I've mentioned this before. I probably talk about it once a season. One of the the funniest uh, weeks on Twitter was when he was arguing with a David Price hater. I think that's how it went. Don't quote me on the exact specifics. I th- I think I'm on the money, but. It was a it was a David Price hater and and Pete was defending David Price and uh, called the other tweeter uh, a grand wizard I think which is uh, a KKK reference. So for the rest of the week, like Pete just got destroyed in his mentions. He would put out the lineup and this was like 2017 2018. He'd put out the lineup and they'd be like. Gee, Pete, isn't it kind of racist that they put Jackie Bradley in the nine hole? <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Everything had to have a racist spin to it. And, uh, you know, so it, it was just funny to see him getting getting destroyed. I, I find Pete to be a little bit condescending. So that's why, you know, I typically side with whoever it is that's on the other end of the argument with him. Another funny uh, Pete Abe week was his thing with uh, Jared Carabas, in which uh, Carabas nicknamed uh, Pete Abraham G-Bob, which stood for Grand Baron of the Bathroom. And um, all week long, it was just the Carabas guys wearing Pete out. And I don't know. So not my favorite beat writer either, but is what it is. I've met Pete Abe. He's harmless. Like, he's a fine <laughs> dude. Like, we had a nice exchange for, like, 15, 20 minutes. He was kind enough to offer me that time. And for that reason, I'm not going to say anything bad. It sucks that he he blocked it. But, you know, I mean, we've been blocked by people that are doing their hardest to try to pretend to be relevant in the either the podcasting community, Major League Baseball community, and it is what it is. Like imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And there are some podcasts out there that are basically, they basically took our blueprint and copied it. So, you know, there's a reason why certain people get upset about other things out there. But Pete Abe to me is, is just, he's, he's going to be able to get away with a little bit more just because he's never been rude to me directly. And it's, it's fine. I understand why some people feel the way that they do, but I'm not going to say anything bad. Like, he was cool with me, so that's all good. No complaints. Terry, it sounds like you want to say one more thing. Uh, not, not really. He typically unblocks everyone after so long. Uh, it's My primary account's been blocked by him at least twice. It's not at the moment. The Bastards account, like I said, is. But um, 
is what it is. I'm good with he it. He does have yeah, lean density. I have noticed that yeah. too. Yeah, for for the record, like he did apologize for that for the the Grand Wizard comment. Like, uh, I think there's for for those people that thought and and felt that it was a you know KKK reference and whatnot. Yeah, like okay, sure, but that was never the intention of the tweet. And I think he did come out after the fact and say, "I am so sorry. I apologize. I mistook you for somebody." else who had said some rather inappropriate or like vile things about me. Cause I remember that kind of happening and thinking really like Pete Abe said something that just doesn't sound like him. He doesn't sound like someone that would do something like that. And he apologized and said, you know, like, I hope you understand, like I mistook you for somebody else. I apologize. So people have been, people have made mistakes. I think he's entitled to make one. It was not with bad intent. And so I, I want to believe that that's the case. So I'll, I'll leave it there with, with Pete. Abe. Takes a big man uh, to admit when he's wrong. <laughs> yeah had to throw it in there no, no, pun, no it. pun intended yeah yeah terry what's your hot take oh my next one uh let me get back to it okay so mine comes from man i can't pronounce this last name uh his first name is john last name Takakik. i i might have botched that and i apologize john if you're listening uh but his hot take says we are tied with the New York Yankees after one month of the season. Whoever would have predicted that in March? Now, the Yankees always find a way to make the playoffs. It's unbelievable. We're, we're, it's checkers or wreckers for us. We're either last place or we're winning the World Series. Or, or coming close to it, as we did in, in uh, 2021. But the Yankees just always make it. And it's never a smooth ride for them. They have injuries. You know, Judge and Stanton, most notably. Judge might even go on the injured list here in a day or two. I think they're going to evaluate that on Monday, which will actually be a day after the day before this episode airs. But um, but they, they always make it. And I don't ever remember them being under 500 after April. I know there was uh, a couple of Aprils in the last, I don't know, a couple of years where they started off, they were like five and seven, but righted the ship pretty fast. So uh, it's just, it's kind of surprising to see them almost in last place. I don't even remember when the Yankees were, la you know, were most recently in last place. I don't remember when that was. And they missed the playoffs in 2016, so I think they've made it every year since then. Uh, 2014, I think they missed it as well, but they didn't have, um, you know, bad records, so to speak. They were above 500, but they've got tons of problems with their uh, rotation. They've got a lot of injuries. Um, Carlos Rodon hasn't even thrown a pitch yet. I thought that was kind of a dumb signing for them. Uh, Luis Severino, uh, you know, on the injured list, uh, Frankie Montas, they are hurting right now. I mean, Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez are, you know, carrying the brunt of it. And a guy like Domingo Herman gives them a chance to win, uh, you know, on a, on a given start. And I don't know how Clark Schmidt's been doing this year, but uh, you know, he's struggled to establish himself. Uh, in years past, and they have a very old lineup. I mean, they've got a lot of guys over the age of 30. I mean, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, 
DJ LeMayhew is uh, over the age of 30. Um, their third baseman there, uh, Josh Donaldson. Oh, he's on the injured list. I'm just catching up on that. So they're getting, a, you know, they got a couple of young guys like Anthony Volpe, but this might be one of those years where you see Cashman do what he did in 2016, cash in on a guy like Andrew Miller um, and, and maybe one or two other pieces in that lineup. But hard to imagine they're going to be at least competing for a championship and, and going to the ALCS for a second year in a row. I wouldn't have predicted them to be this bad. Who would have thought? I wouldn't have thought at this point that the Yankees would be at the position where they are. I didn't pick them to win the division. I didn't really pick them. Actually, I did pick them as a wild card. I did pick them as a wild No, I did not. I did not pick them as a wild card. I had them in third place to start my season off from everything. But you're seeing Aaron Judge hurt. That's their anchor of their team. That's that's huge for them. He goes down, down like the Titanic. I was just doing a little uh, research to see when the Yankees, when the last time it was that they finished in last place in the AL East. I have it at 1990. Wow. That's a very long time ago. That is my age, 33. I was stunned to see that. So that's that's something. I mean, the Red Sox have been there quite a bit in recent years. Of course, we've won as well, but – yeah, I never would have expected it to be the way it was for them right now to be in the dumpster, basically. I thought Baltimore was going to be there, and Baltimore surprised us big time so far this season. Like 19 and 9, I think, coming into Sunday. It's stunning. Sunday. Yeah. stunning. Yeah, they're, they're 19 and 9, and uh, not one of us had Tampa Bay in the top two. Not one of us had Baltimore in the top two. The Toronto Blue Jays are third right now. That was majority of the group. And then I had the Yankees, I believe, the only one in first. And to your point, John, uh, great take. We're tied with the Yankees after a month of baseball. Who would have predicted that? Literally nobody. Nobody would have thought that the Boston Red Sox would have had the same record as the Yankees, that the Yankees would have been playing as poorly as they had been. And truth be told, the Yankees are playing poor. In They're playing worse than the Red Sox are playing well. We've had a lot of luck go our way, and I'm super thankful that it's gone our way, but the Yankees have just been playing badly. But it goes to show you just how much pressure is on one or two key players for the Yankees. And here's the thing. They're 15-14 and 14 with Garrett Cole pitching lights out out of his damn mind. Garrett Cole is the, is the premier pitcher in the American League. I think Kevin Gausman is probably like top three, and Gausman's had three of his last four starts where he's had 11 strikeouts or more. And Garrett Cole's like holding my beer. Garrett Cole's been on fire. If Garrett Cole's not on the Yankees right now, they're the they're the worst team in baseball, or at least in, in the AL East, and it's not even close. So um, I'm curious to know where we would be if Duvall wasn't hurt, Trevor Story was here, um, maybe even Paxton being somewhat decent, even in the rotation. Maybe we're 17 or 18 and 10, and maybe we're in third place. And instead of being eight games out of first place, we're only four four and a half games out. So. It is what it is, but man, oh man, definitely zero out of our group thought that we were going to be tied at the Yankees. Anybody who says otherwise is lying. Uh, Nick, go ahead. It makes me wish that we were had played the Yankees this season so far. I don't know about you guys, but in a way, it would almost be like a test to see if they really are as bad as 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 they are. Like, I, I, it's crazy we haven't played them yet. 
Crazy. I know they're coming, but I, I almost wish we had them now. Sure. Terry, anything you want to add before I get mine? I just want to say that I graduated high school on June 10th, 2001, and Anthony Volpe was born six weeks before that. Wow, you are one old bleepity bleepy. Uh, yeah, that's pretty insane. Um, my last hot take comes from Sox fan. One one four two seven. Rafael Devers is the most underrated superstar in the league. The Sox are going to botch a Verdugo extension. The Pirates are for real. The reign of the Astros is finally closer to the end than the beginning. So let me let me piece this one apart slowly. The Pirates are for real. I've been saying this. They have arguably one of the most exciting young prospects in all of baseball in O'Neill Cruz guy throws bullets from short. Unfortunately he's done for the year because of what could be perceived as a, a poor decision by him or poor decision by the catcher. He's not done for the year. So we're gonna have to wait till next year uh, before we get to see him come back. The pirates are 20 and nine right now. They're one and a half games ahead of the brewers and they're 10 games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, a team that most of us thought was going to be leading that division. So that whole division right now is just in a state of WTF mode where nothing seems to be going right. That's my opinion on that. I think the Pirates are for real. Number two, the reign of the Astros is finally coming closer uh, to the end than it was to the beginning. No kidding. I absolutely agree with you on that. The Houston Astros are in second place. I'm kind of shocked that they're as high as they are. The Angels are the team that I picked, and you guys all laughed at me for the third year in a row. They're half a game behind Houston, and they don't have the same team that Houston does. But Houston's now starting to experience some major injuries for players that just can't seem to stay healthy. Altuve's not there yet. Jordan Alvarez is having neck problems. Some of their pitchers aren't, aren't back yet. So things aren't going great for them. And maybe when all of them are back, they'll have a little bit better luck. But I'm not seeing it. So I do believe that's true. The Red Sox are going to botch a Verdugo extension. Damn it, I hope that's not true. Because if they do, I'm going to be really upset. Verdugo, I think right now, if you offer him five for... 95 or five for a hundred. That's got to be something close to get it done considering how much he's making this year. And in relation, you buy out a year of arbitration because I believe he has one more left plus four more years, five for 95, five for hundred is probably in the realm of what you should be paying somebody like that. Given what he brings. Rafael Devers is the most underrated superstar in the league. I don't think he's underrated. Guy's got 10 bangers this year is in second in the majors for home runs overall. He's playing much better defense over at third than we have seen him play in the past. Um, most underrated, I'm going to say that part, not a hot take. Uh, all the other ones, though, I think should give us a little bit to talk about. So, uh, Nick, why don't you attack this first if you want to go all at once or one at a time? Go for it. So I'm going to start with the Rafi Devers uh, one where the uh, Twitter person is saying most underrated superstar in the league. I actually don't agree with that. I don't particularly think yet Rafi Devers is a superstar because I still think that he has a ceiling and he has a potential to get even better. Leads the league in home runs. That's great. Playing much improved defense over a third and everything, but I still think there's another, another level of Rafi Devers that we haven't seen yet. So I don't want to call him a superstar yet. I want to call it when he is. So I'm going to remain hopeful on the Devers front on that one. 
Uh, the next part, the Red Sox are going a botch a Verdugo extension. I, I don't see that happening. I think that, number one, Verdugo wants to be here, which has been known. Number, number two, ownership has come out and said that they'd be very much interested in getting some sort of a deal together from stuff. And this isn't going to be a Rafi Devers, Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts kind of big deal. We've talked about this on the show this evening. I think that if they're able to find a good value deal where both parties can meet right in the middle from everything, Verdugo's here. And again, I think he wants to be here. He likes the area. He likes his team. So I'm not overly concerned on that one. I love the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know if you know Charlie, but Terry knows now. Former family, uh, actually a family relative of ours, used to be um, one of the all-time Pittsburgh Pirates leaders in um, back in the 50s and the 60s. He was known. The highest winning percentage. Yep, highest winning percentage yep, still to, to this show. day on everything. So our family always has roots for Pittsburgh. It's great to see this story uh, blossom so far at the beginning of this year. So I am hoping... It's going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates that's going to surprise everybody throughout uh, baseball, and they continue on this stretch they're on. I am so done with the Houston Astros. I'm done. I'm done. Just just put a fork in me. I'm done. I want somebody new, somebody different. Um, but I do think that this rain, every rain only lasts for a certain amount of time, and I do think that their, their window is closing, gentlemen. That's my thoughts on that. I'll go through them all super quick. I'm going to save the Verdugo extension for last because I want to. I want to get you guys' thoughts on something. But there's a like a slapping sound going on. But um, all right, don't hear it now. Uh, all right, so here are my thoughts. The Astros' reign is finally closer to the end than the beginning. I do agree with that. I mean, it's been a long run. I don't like how their owner is meddling with day-to-day -day operations, uh, certain roster transactions even. That's never good. That's never good. Look at the Anaheim Angels. Uh, you just you need to let your baseball people run the team and, and make suggestions. So agree with that part. The Pirates are for real. They do need to tread water for a little bit offensively. Uh, O'Neill Cruz is going to be out for probably at least another, I don't know, six to eight weeks with his ankle issue. But what possibly makes them for real is that pitching staff. It's young, it's effective, and they're giving their team a chance to win game in and game out. And it's a lot easier to find offense before the trade deadline than it is uh, pitching. A Red Sox example of that could be Steve Pierce, for instance. Just go find a guy who fits somewhere in your lineup and you probably won't have to give up a ton for him. So I think the Pirates could be for real. Uh, and then lastly, uh, before we get to the Verdugo part, Rafi Devers is the most underrated superstar in the league. Well, you know what? You got to get him into the postseason. If you get him into the postseason, he's on a bigger stage Everybody know who's Ra who Rafi Devers is. We've only made the playoffs once in the last five years. So let's put some pitching together on this team so we can actually make the postseason and and finally get Devers a couple of those big poppy-like iconic moments. Alex Verdugo, what do you guys offer him? Because a lot of people like to say, okay, you know, give him, give him the 
Benintendi trade, uh, give him the Benintendi deal, which is five years, 75 million. I think that ship is starting to sail. I really do. But what if, and the, the longer you wait, the more leverage he gets. And it could get to a point where you're, where Verdugo might be like, why do I want to sign an extension now? I'm, I'm having, you know, the best years of my career now. Why wouldn't I want to go test the free agent market and have negotiations with several teams? But for me, the my absolute max on Alex Verdugo would be the contract the Red Sox gave Bogarts in 2019. Six years, $120 million. So that's $20 million per. And I wouldn't put any opt-outs in there. That's what Xander got after the third and fourth season. But that's my absolute max. If he starts asking for Trevor Story money, you know, six at 140, I think it was, or even north of that, Marcus Simeon money. Um, you know, that was seven at 175. That's too much for me. I'm out. So what's your max, Nick? It's wonderful to be associated with people who are like-minded individuals who sometimes share the same kind of thoughts that we all do. And I am in the same predicament, much like you, Terry, with this six years 125 is my magic number for a Verdugo. I think that it's a fair deal. I think it's something that has it, – it is something that the Red Sox need to do quicker because if Verdugo continues to – or do it soon, excuse me. If Verdugo continues to exceed expectations and continues to deliver this season the way he's going right now, he's going to price himself out of Boston because I don't think that – you know, could he be a $200 million guy? I just don't think he's worth that, at least for me right now. I like six years, 125. That's my sweet spot right there. It'd be hard to go over that for me. I think that's the right value deal for him. Well, I already said it was going to be five for 100 for me, so that was my, my two cents. Six for 120 seems like a real big thank you gift, and I think if you do six for 120, that might actually entice some other people to want to come to Boston. Uh, anything else either one of you guys want to add? That'll do it for me. I'm right good. on. That is going to wrap it for all of us here tonight. We want to thank all of our loyal listeners and to our first time listeners as well. We appreciate all of you and thank you for your time. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple podcasts, we thank you. Everyone have a great night. Take care. <laughs>